Hey guys, welcome back to my podcast. Um thank you for coming uh, for listening in rather. Um I'm always grateful that I have people who take their time to listen to this podcast. It's 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 mind-blowing to be honest. Um you always create content to the hope that people do, will engage with it. And uh you just cross your fingers that they do. So I'm really glad that you took the time to do this today. So today I'm just going to go right ahead and, and, and go into it. I don't even have anything written down to be honest. But I think it's just the trigger of the kind of conversations that have been going around this week. Uh-huh. Especially I, I think probably the last three days. But mostly this month also. Because it's something that has been going around on around the world and it's ironically women's month it is international women's month but it's also the same month where a lot of women are coming to speak about uh gender-based violence um that's not usually an easy topic to talk about because i've done it before on this podcast and i and I, I I did think that it would be soon it would be this soon that I would talk about it again. But just listen in it. It's gonna be different. It's uh, something that we have ad- to address. It's something that we have to talk about every single day of our lives until things change. So, uh, the, the hottest topic right now um is of a lady who was thrown off a building twelve floors by a man that she said no to. One, two, three, at up till twelve. How she even survived is a miracle of God, to be honest. I cannot imagine the trauma that she has to live with, not just physically but mentally also. That if I don't know, it's just really traumatizing. We have another young girl who was killed recently, raped, drugged, killed, her spinal cord broken, her pelvis broken. I don't think, it's it's incomprehensible. You can't quite understand what, what would go on in the mind of somebody who would do such a beastly act to somebody. And then on top of that, we had the lady who was killed in the UK as she walked back home and it sparked an outrage. We have several women who were killed recently in the US and the perpetrator said that they tempted him. They really did tempt him. And that's going to come, that's going to be the basis of actually a Christian talk because we also need to have this talk as Christians. We really need to have this talk as Christians. I am tired of the church covering for such people. And mind you, I'm not anti-Christian. I am absolutely a Christian. But we have to talk about things when they are wrong. But I think at the center of it all, we have had a lot of women come up and 
tell their stories, come up and speak up against gender-based violence. And it's become so normalized, so normalized, such that there are people, there are grown men on national radio who would create banter out of gender-based violence, you know. And one of them would come and say, you know, but I have two daughters. What? The audacity. The audacity. Like, you know, the thing that annoys me about public figures making banter about such things is that they have an active audience. They have an active audience that actually listens to and believes in their ideologies. You would be surprised how many young people listen to these people on radio, on vlogs, and everything, and they internalize what they say. So for you to come and make banter out of such a grave situation, it shows how inhumane you can be. It's so crass at the end of the day. And a lot of women are now speaking up about things they do consciously and unconsciously just to be able to stay safe. It's it's walking near a group of men and, and, and praying to God that they don't cut call you. And if they do, how do you react in a way that they will not retaliate? How do you react? How do you, do you keep quiet and say, okay, if I keep quiet, then I can walk briskly away. If I talk, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll save myself. And you know, the thing is people and people think that, and, and this is the thing, you know, a lot of people think, oh, but um, if they're cut calling you, you must be dressed in a certain way. You must be looking in a certain way. Can you imagine even women my mother's age are cut called? Yeah. Look at your mother and see how she dresses on a day-to-day basis. And imagine even in her dre- kind of dressing, she's still cut called. I know this because I've seen that with my mother. And I remember one day walking at night with my mother. We had parked uh, a bit far farther from where we were. And we were walking across the street. And these men, they start cut calling us. You know, it's, it's a night, they start cut calling us. My instinct as a person is to keep quiet. That's my instinct. Like, pay them no attention. Walk briskly. Look forward. Don't look at them. Don't do anything. My mother's uh, way of dealing with this is different because she doesn't want to probably have that retaliation come to her because she's quiet. She will politely answer them. If they say, hi, mommy, he, she'll say hi back as she walks. I'll keep quiet. But we don't have to choose options. We don't see these men cut calling their fellow men because if they did, then it would be like, okay, maybe we are actually a friendly society. But they don't do that for their fellow men. They just do that for women. And it becomes so uncomfortable to walk at night. It becomes so uncomfortable to even do simple things. You know, the other day my friend says, let's go for a walk in the evening. And I'm looking at the time and I'm like, this guy wants to go for a walk in the evening. Okay. The only reason I went for that walk in the evening is that 
I was going to walk with a guy. That is the only reason I went. And I remember when we finally got back to the area we live in. Um, so our, our homes are in very the opposite direction, but in the same area. And the moment, like this entire time we've been walking, it's been okay. I have felt safe the entire time. Uh, and uh, I remember passing by his niece's house and his niece was like, you don't fear walking as a lady. And I said, the only reason why I'm walking at night is because I have a man next to me. And when we just leave each other, barely two seconds later, a man says, check your malisafi. Like, basically, it means look at that good thing in a very condescending manner. This is me in tracksuits that are baggy, you know, not even fitting. I'm in a hoodie completely covered till my head. It's at night. Are you going to tell me I was dressed in a way that would provoke that man? Yeah, I don't think so because I was basically in pajamas. But this is such a such a such a situation that we have to face every single day. When that lady was thrown off the building, all she had done was go on a date, and then the radio presenters, the grown men, say, "Oh, but Nairobi girls are just too loose." Wow, as if the person you're dating right now, or the person you even have kids with, was not once a stranger that you went on a date with. So basically, you're telling us that even going on a date is being loose. What does it say about you and a lady when you're going on a date with her? That was that that has been very annoying. And you know, people are like, no, 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 take action on them. And I can tell you, women on Twitter and Instagram, Kenyan women are not playing. Kenyan women are not playing. They are going for the jugular. And guys are like, no, you guys are taking it too seriously. They're going to lose their jobs. But there is a price to be paid for your actions. That's the thing at the end of the day. Look at it this way. Their actions will elicit a certain reaction from the men who trust and believe every single word they say. That is too much a price to pay for somebody, for people's lives. Because a lot of women have paid for sexual and gender-based violence with their lives. So this is a matter of life and death for women. So when you come here and say, no, 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 you're being too harsh on them. It's too much. You guys, they apologize. It's okay. No, 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 no. When it comes to life and death, we things have to be dealt with the way they are if somebody comes and threatens you threatens to end your life or the life of a person who you love would you want them to sit in their position and continue influencing people if they came with a gun to your house and said hey man today i'm gonna end this thing i'm gonna end your life would you would you be comfortable seeing them on the streets every day would you? Then why are you having double standards about the things that we're talking about? I think the most, you know, the, the, the saddest thing about normalized gender-based violence is that it completely becomes inherited. And it passes on from one generation to another, unconsciously or consciously. 
And unless we come to a place, and you know, somebody said it very clearly, and I've been trying to explain this to a lot of people, and people do not understand this. In life, it is about power play. And in the essence of power play, it has always been that the man is stronger than the woman. And the woman has always been the weak link, the weak human being. And in that sort of place of power play, that's where the trouble began. Because when women were seen as, as weak, as lesser beings, that meant that men could take advantage of them. And so when we are fighting about equality, we're not talking about this, what men have constituted to be, you know, anything that men do that is not right and the women come talking and bla guns blazing, some man will stand up and say, oh, these feminists have become too much. Well, excuse me, sir, you're the reason why we are fighting. We are, you're the reason why we are fighting to be seen as equals. Because the day we, be, we will be seen as equals, the, that power play will be balanced. And men will stop seeing women as weaker, links that, weaker beings that they can take advantage of. And we have to be very serious about some of these topics. We have to be very serious because when you act like that and then you suddenly get a daughter one day and you want to act like, oh, I'm a changed man. I've seen the value of women by you. Miss us with that. If you could not see the value of a woman before you got a daughter, then the value you attach to that daughter is very fleeting. It's fleeting in that one day, God forbid something happens to that daughter. You know what you'll say? You'll circle back to what you always said. Statements like, what were, we, what were you wearing? Why were you out at that time? Why did you put yourself in that position? Who, why did you go out with those guys? You'll start victim blaming. And that is the thing that has held this society so far back. Whether it's in the Western world or whether it's in our world, in the developed world, it doesn't matter where we are. The issue of victim blaming is what has always had the perpetrator get away with whatever they, they wanted to do. Because at the end of the day, they, they'll know, oh, I didn't do anything wrong. She brought herself here. And now... That takes me to the conversation of church. And uh, a lot of people are going to be like, oh, Ashley, why, why, why did you decide to go that way? But we know that somebody posted something this week in the, in the light of all these conversations. And she asked, are we ready to talk about Christian toxicity and its encouragement of abuse? Both sexual abuse and... Uh, both sexual abuse and gender-based violence, even in marriages, are we ready to talk about that topic? Because it is about time. So many times church has covered, has covered so many of these cases. You know, you've been told, uh, we've had women told things like, oh, you're not just, you're not, you're not submitting enough to your man. That's why he reacted the way he reacted. Oh, you're not a forgiving human being. God gives grace. So you just also give grace to this man. This, the 
culture of just just keep on giving him chances even jesus would give you chances and we've misconstrued the word of god to be able to just advance our own institutional norms christianity has ceased to be about the person it has now become about the institution oh the institution of marriage is under attack no 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 the man beating his wife is the problem not the marriage oh if they get a divorce then that will reflect badly on their christianity and the church also oh, you'd rather that woman die in that marriage rather than save herself and in fact save her salvation at the end of the day you know at the end of the day when you're constantly pushing people to to face abuse emotional physical abuse spiritual abuse you're even leading them away from god and you are leading them closer to god i don't think you've ever thought about that so if your end goal is to save them from hell from by saving them from divorce then you might be just leading them to hell by letting them simmer in their anger and eventually do things that are not they are not supposed to do out of their anger because women are also human beings at the end of the day they have feelings they have they are emotional beings as much as you want them to be rational beings and so we have to be able to reach a point where as christians the most important part of our christianity is the human being god did not create a church he didn't wake up and create a structure did you see him in genesis building a structure brick by brick over the seven, over the 6 days he created the earth he did not put a structure he created a human being that is a person that is supposed to be taking care of at the end of the day and today i told somebody the thing about christianity is that we need to go back to the core of it all and the core of it all is love because love is the one thing that will enable you to see that person as jesus does it's the one thing that will enable you to be able to treat that person with so much love so much care that you not want them to go through the grave things they're going through love is what will make you fight for the people who are vulnerable for the church to wake up and say hey this is what should happen we need to start speaking up about gender based violence but a lot of churches not all but a lot of churches cannot speak about gender based violence cannot speak about sexual violence because they have witnessed it under their own roofs and they have made people go back to those situations in the name of forgiveness so for them to wake up and speak about uh, against it or about it will be contradicting their very word but jesus was a radical human being we have been so consumed by the institutionalized religion religiosity such that we forget the core of christianity i mean some of you even grew up wearing those bands what would jesus do 
So you sit down and ask yourself, would Jesus sit back and watch a woman be abused and say nothing? Would Jesus sit back and watch a woman be sexually assaulted and say nothing? Would Jesus do that? Would he victim shame the person? You know, like victim blaming is so... I do not understand that kind of thinking. You know, it's like when... It's a very interesting story in the Bible when the... When the... When these guys came to Jesus with this woman and they say, you know, Jesus, what? This lady has been adulterous. And according to the Mosaic Lord, we need to stone her to death. And the law was there. But you can imagine if Jesus had joined the bandwagon and said, you know what? Yeah, why did she go and commit adultery? Why did she put herself in a position where she tempted the man to commit adultery with her? Why did she? Why did she? Can you imagine where that would have gone? What kind of Jesus would that be? Yeah, what kind of Jesus would that be? Because in that very situation, if you can see it, these people, as much as their gender was different to Jesus, when they brought the woman, they did not bring the man that she sinned with. They did not bring the woman, the man that she sinned with. They brought the woman alone. You can imagine. So you can, So I think the thing that a lot of Christians need to do is also start asking themselves the very difficult questions and have the very difficult conversations around gender-based violence and sexual violence. We need to be as honest and open as we are to ourselves. We need to call out people amongst our circles. And I'm not calling, I'm not even, this is not even a woman's job to be honest. This is not a woman's job. One thing that I understand is that, and I've seen it very many times, men respect other men. They don't respect women. So if a man comes hitting on a lady and she says, hey, I'm not available or I'm not interested or I have a boyfriend, they don't see that as a sign of stopping. But if another man comes and stands in her position and says, hey, this is my girlfriend, guess what? That man will apologize to the man and not the lady. So they've held more respect for the man that they now supposedly think, whether it's true or not, holds that woman as their own rather than the woman that they harassed in the first place. But this is a call out to men. It is a call out to men. Because we are, we all we can do is just speak and speak and speak. And uh, and somebody told me the other day, oh, you know, we need to create policies around this. But theories have to be accompanied by actual incidences. And I was like, haven't the incidences been enough? For you to stop theorizing these things and create actual policies that work. You cannot have a man rape a lady, a child, an old woman and go to jail for only six years or less. How does that policy work for us? 
you cannot have somebody uh do wrong and you or have a stalker because it even starts with those small things have a stalker and when you go to report to the police station they don't take action in fact some of them even laugh at you and say so you're playing hard to get and and it brings me to the story of stalkers because I have had a stalker in my life, actually two. I remember vividly one when I was 17 and I was so scared because he knew where I lived. I had to change my number. Like, I don't think you understand the kind of fear I was living with every single day. Even going to the shop was traumatizing. It was paralyzing as a 17-year-old child. I I didn't even have an ID for Pete's sake. I was not even legal, but that, I still remember that guy and how he stalked me for so many days and made my life unbearable and I had to change my number. And then I got a stalker again, and I'm going to talk about this, in church. Somebody who was, who decided that it was his life's mission to make sure that I completely fell in love with him even though I told him multiple times explicitly that I was not interested in his advances. And I remember this particular case. You know, there are people who laughed at the situation. They're like, oh, you have a stalker, you have a stalker. And it was funny to them, but it was traumatizing to me. Going to church became a very difficult thing to do because of one person who was making it very hard for me to be there. And I remember at one point I said, you know what? I think I'm going to change churches. It has become too much for me and I can't be in this environment. And I remember telling two of my friends and they were guys. And I said, please talk to that guy. Please talk to that guy before I move churches. It's my last resort. Because my friend had said, oh, just get a restraining order. But I was like, I know Kenya. By the time you get that, surely. And... This is the thing. I had refused his advances multiple times. I had even told him explicitly. But the moment those two friends of mine who are men talked to him and warned him against harassing me, he stopped. And that's the thing I'm saying about men. Men listen and respect other men than they do women. Because to him, my no was not enough. But it was enough for him to listen to another man. And so men today I'm telling you. And you have to listen to me carefully. It is about time you started standing up against fellow men. It's not enough for you to be a good guy. It's not enough for you to be not all men. It's not enough for you to say. But I don't do this. I've never done that to any woman. But you know people who do that. You see people who do that even on your timeline. And you say nothing. You do nothing. You stand up for no one. Even in a matatu, you stand up for no one. Until the day men also understand that the role of ending gender-based violence and sexual harassment lies within them. We are going to fight as women, but it's not going to be easy. So we need as much manpower as we can get. And if you truly believe that you love women... And you care about women, not just the ones in your life. Even the ones around you that you don't know. You will start standing up. 
you will start standing up until some of these men realize that their actions are not right. I could talk about so many cases, but I won't talk about them today. But the real issue here is a problem that has been caused by men should be able to be solved by men. So please, men, please, I'm begging you. Stand up and stand up for women. It is, it's imperative that you do so. It is important that you do so. And it is important that we see you doing so for us. Don't just sit there and do nothing. Don't be passive. Don't be Humpty Dumpty sitting on a wall. You're better than that. You're actually better than that. <laughs>